the topic is how long will it be until English is a foreign language in England? Yes. It's <laughs> a great, the best topic ever. Yes. I'd like to introduce you to uh, a young lady uh-huh. um, who I think has Are a bright is that a, is, that a good adge- is that an appropriate adjective, young? No. Yeah. Uh, her name is Carol Vordermans. Uh-huh. And she uh, is an up-and-coming star of advertising. Down and going. <laughs> who will sell her pathetic, tawdry, scrapping remain- remainder of her soul mm-hmm. to the lowest bidder. Exactly, and she who to whom well, the highest she, bidder, to the lowest whom, bidder. To whom has she sold? Has she sold it today? Uh, as far as I can tell, this is a collaboration between a large number of car insurance companies. So it's beat, a gangbang. Beat to the credit crunch, as recommended. Not by it doesn't tell you who it's recommended by. Yes, just as recommended. There's a photograph of. It's good. Compare quotes and save money. Insurance. Hmm. Your useful guide for mm-hmm. change line. Bath Yeovil. Bath Yeovil Drabage and surrounding Print- BA Arras. Printed, printed in that very elegant, yeah, that's right. inclusive way. And it's delivered by the Royal Mail. Mm-hmm. You can win £100 of MS vouchers. If you, like Carol, sell your soul. This is the July 2011 edition. Inside this month, TV celebrity Carol Vorderman's money saving <laughs> car insurance tips. Plus, hints to save money on your home insurance. Why is she a plural? It's her, Carol Vorderman, it's apostrophe. Just, oh, right, right. It's just the way it's in a different colour. So just, <laughs> yes. I like that it's just her name is Carol Vorderman's. Yes. Carol Vorderman's home insurance cost saving tips. There she is, saving some car insurance right there. <laughs> yes. That, that, that's oh, I'm sorry, you've caught me having massive plastic, plastic <laughs> surgery and, re- and yes. sorting out my diary. So you tell me, if you are to explain to one of our very many... American listeners. Ugh, American listeners. On uh, Mother's, Milk, Mother's Milk Radio, for example. <laughs> in 70 years' time when they'll be hearing this episode. Yes. Dude, just play recent episodes for goodness sake. Who, who is Carol Vorder person? Carol Vorder, Carol Vorder lady. Yes. Uh, back in the olden days, um, when Richard Whiteley was still She's stalking British. the earth. Who's Richard Whiteley? Oh, you... Everyone knows who Richard Whiteley is. What a Whiteley tangled is. web. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Richard Whiteley was a, a, a large Yorkshireman. He presented. He had bad puns. Was very avuncular. Presented lovely chap. Uh, presented a rather cheesy, comfortable, comforting, an extremely uh, game entertaining show. game show called With, Countdown. And then he died before his time for Ex- no particular reason. For no good reason. Explaining Countdown to Americans is is the best fun because it's, it's a like ga- scrub, it's a scrabble. game show. Uh, it's on. Te- it's a television quiz show in which uh, only old people and students watch it. Nine letters are drawn out at random, and then you have to spell the longest word out of those nine letters that you can. And then in another round, six numbers are taken out, and you have to m- do stuff with them to get a three-digit number. Yes. Um, and, and, a, and a lady will tell you whether you did it good or not. <laughs> you did a good job. And at the end of the episode, if you win the episode, you win nothing. A dictionary. But you can come... No, if you win the episode, you win nothing. You can come, If you lose, you win the countdown goodie bag with the dictionaries and stuff. The next day, you come back. And if you win eight episodes in a row, you're an octo-champ, at which point you win some encyclopedias I think if you win eight in a row and then you get to if your score is high enough you come back to the semi-finals quarter-finals then the semi-finals and then the final and if you win the final you win I think you literally win a set of encyclopedias or something like that for winning the whole thing 
and a, and a trophy. So, John... So you have to win 8,000 episodes, yes. and you win almost nothing. So who is Carol Vorderman in this? And she used to be the lady what put the letters out. Since the 80s. And did the numbers. Yes. Um, Describe her, and why is she interesting? She, or why was she? She has long brown hair and a round face. And, and a bottom. She has a bottom. She does have a bottom. Which is She's right. cheeky, and she was cheeky with Richard Whiteley, and they had a good bantering relationship. But more importantly, she could, she could do mental arithmetic. And she's relatively quick at mental arithmetic. Yes. She's one of the Cambridge Nines. She got a third every year at Cambridge. Yes. Um, and... Um, it was, you know, not especially bright, but it was quite... As far as, as far as you can tell from her persona... Mm-hmm. But is reasonably quick at mental arithmetic. Yes, and that's about it. And why is she? Why are we now talking about her with regard to car insurance? I don't know, because Cara Valdeman now makes her her money by selling herself to every single possible advert she can. And do. where it becomes most distasteful is when she's on television trying to sell loans to poor people. That's right. She especially hates poor people, Carol Valdeman, yes. as a rich person who was being paid an astonishing amount of money to stay on Countdown. Um, despite it being a tea time quiz show, yes. <laughs> somehow she was being paid uh, literally millions. Yes. The reason she left is because they wanted to cut her pay to a tenth yes. of what it currently was. It's only was. like hundreds of thousand or something. Yeah, exactly. And that one, because they suddenly realised this is ridiculous. We don't yes. need to that much. So she left. And now they have someone who's way better doing it. They've got a new host who's some guy called Jeff who likes football. I've never, um, I've never watched And the new girl is way better, really smart. She's good at letters and numbers now. Oh. And even better, Susie Dent is in Dictionary Corner yeah. every episode. Who? She was the Dictionary Corner. There's four or five Dictionary Corner people. And, but she's on it every episode Do we need Dictionary now. Corner now yes, that we have Google? Are, no, you use a Dictionary. There is no Google. There is no computers. There is a, no computers that's faster than a bumbling old man or lady <laughs> right. with a book. <laughs> they will not be tolerated. You're not to mention computers. <laughs> I mean, Dictionary Corner really became obsolete about two years after. <laughs> what I like it best, I think, is that the... We the just con- looked on Prestel, and there's... Oh, sorry, Dictionary. The contestants don't match the show either, because the show is obviously watched, as you say, by grannies and students. Mm. Um, the audience is literally shipped in from old people's homes. They dry, they take coaches from old people's <laughs> homes to make up the audience. Can you imagine what that smells like? <laughs> must be brilliant. And they, But there are some young people in the audience, and that's because they obviously they film five episodes in a row... And so the other contestants will be sat in the audience. Oh, yes. And a couple of their friends. So that's how you get some younger yeah. people. Um, and then, yes, they burn through contestants. And, uh, they well, literally cont- burn them. They literally burn if them. You lose, if you lose, you said you don't win anything. That's but right, you, you get burned you get, a, you get a bag of goodies. If, you've, sati, you're, if you're, you have won an episode and then get eliminated, you also get the countdown teapot. Really? Yes. And is um, that filled with scalding oil which is poured over your Poured head? over your stupid face. Yeah. But the contestants tend to be quite young homeless people no they're not though there are people who let's are let's be honest they're not going to be the beautiful set are they but they are auditioned you can't get on and be a complete thicker you have to have some ability to be on the show no no they, they generally are intelligent but yes. they're, they're not the beautiful people. not the most beautiful people no um, and it, often it's one by nine year olds <laughs> like these weird prodigy children that come through and just and, win and you know that you're going to see a program 20 years later with this grainy footage even though it's, that's it's, right even though it's broadcast in HD now it will still be grainy yeah, footage that's correct Little did they know that this charming child <laughs> looked at him on counter. Well, the most famous one of those was that amazingly posh antiques boy. Who's now who a lady. Was, who was now a lady, which yes. is like the most remarkable one to look back on. Yes. When he With was, a curly sheep. When he was 11, he spoke like this. Even though he came from a very And that's why he was home. so 
very popular. Like Martin Coxall, he came from. Uh, That's right. His family used to. Why are you putting that in your his family. Yes. So yeah. like they were born under the sound of the bow bells. And now the sheepy little boy is a sheepy lady. That's true. I wonder if she's if she speaks like this still. No, she speaks like this. I imagine she speaks like this. Hello, I am a lady. I won't have you making fun of transactions. Sorry. I'll never do it again. We got into trouble about that once already, don't we? We did, didn't we? Mm. Um, they are funny, though. It's <laughs> too funny looking, aren't they? They are. What was it? No, it's because I'd seen. What we got in trouble was I'd seen a really, really bad cross dresser on the bus yes. or something. And it really made. It was like kind of, you know, huge stubble and bright red lipstick, a really well, ill fitting wig. If you are. And someone if was you are furious so, that I If you are either, it. depending on what you believe, you're either so psychologically or indeed hormonally or genetically mm-hmm. predisposed to feel that in your core, mm-hmm. why don't you then become a proper woman? Why do you become this weird <laughs> pantomime dame that gets half right. I th- I'd hope that if I were driven to become a woman, I would damn well do it properly. I think you'd be a beautiful woman. I would be a very lovely woman. You would. So Not with Carol, my voice like this, though. Carol Vorderman wants you to shop around. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Okay. She wants to, you to review your cover. Does she? Upgrade your security. Mm-hmm. Pay more. Yep. And can you buy multiple policies? That's not a tip, is it? That's a question. Well, can you? Many insurers provide a number of products, and most of us will need... Us, because she's one of us. Most of us will need more than one of... Out, more the, oh, so she's basically saying, please buy lots of insurance this policies. Sentence, this sentence is a beauty. <laughs> many, insurance provide, many insurers provide a number of products, and most of us will need more than one out of home... <laughs> the sentence home motor pet breakdown life van critical illness van personal van yeah. personal accident and home emergency cover ask if there is a discount for buying more than one policy from the same insurer and then there's a quote here very informative a great help and that's from Mrs Clark from Kent who saved nearly £200 Clark is insurance. it not Mrs Smith then no, no. <laughs> and apparently she's responding to these tips which have just been published <laughs> <laughs> in amongst the tips, <laughs> Carol Vorderman has shared with us some really helpful points that could save you I'm, money. I'm sure when Carol wrote these the down. Insurance. Read through, this is after the points, which is even better. <laughs> Read through these points and gather some information before making your call. And then at the end, because she, she provided so very few points. <laughs> It yeah. says, here is the space for notes when you're shopping for quotes. And then some incredibly <laughs> no, just, tight lines. No well, one would be able useless, to write Useless, useless, what we used to call at school, Irish lines. A, a ballpoint pen wouldn't be able to fit <laughs> no. a letter in between those lines. No, each line, the line is smaller than the bandwidth of a ballpoint pen stroke. The opinions expressed are those of the author only. The Which mater- author? <laughs> Carol Fortman. <laughs> yes. The material is generally uh, general information only and does not constitute legal, financial, or other forms of adv- any other form of advice. It's not advice after all. <laughs> um, always obtain independent professional advice from an FSA authorized insurance company or broker. I tend to do that before I buy my car insurance. This I speak. I speak to an FSA advisor. The, the, like the small print says, "Don't trust Carol Vorderman. <laughs> she cannot be trusted." <laughs> Which is true. There's even more small print. Tilt Group Limited 2011. Tilt has produced this directory for information only and we cannot accept any responsibility or liability for any of the information contained herein. So it's saying this is all rubbish. Wow. Carol Vorderman editorial. She 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 hand wrote it. With a quill. That's correct. Oh, thanks, Carol. Oh, dear. Somebody asked me a question. Do you think more... 
of, or do you think any less less, rather, mm-hmm. of a celebrity who actually uses the service right. or good that they advertise? Sorry, am I boring you? <sighs> do well, do you? I asked you the question. Do I think less less, less. of them? Um, I said it's a circle of hell thing for me. So they yeah. move up to a different circle of hell, but they don't get a passport to heaven. Yes, I mean... It's very easy for a... So, oh, yes, I've always used Timothy. I love Tango. Mm. Mm. What if they had a genuine passion for the product? That's interesting, isn't it? I'm just trying to think of a situation where that would be the case. Let's say... What if Richard Herring were asked to advertise Nando's? Yeah. Because he loves Nando's. Um... If, yeah. What if Ian Nando came up to him? Yes. He's going to steal all his material yeah. again. I don't think I do think... I would think... Would you, would you think less of Richard Herring? I would certainly think less of Richard Herring, yes. Because he's never advertised anything, has he? As Not as so far as I know. Although they always pretend that they refuse to do adverts and then admit that there was that one advert they did together that never got aired or something. Yes. What about Andrew Collins? Well, I don't... I don't think he'd be asked anything to sell he wouldn't do it he, he wouldn't be asked but he wouldn't he is pretty principled and he wouldn't do it on principle do you know what really really annoys the many things annoy me about Andrew Collins oh, they, I know you tell me about them but I think there's speak. one thing that annoys me more than anything else yes and that is his refusal to understand what a hypothetical is oh really like when Richard Herring will, will give us some reductio ad absurdum hypothetical says if if my mum were the last woman in the world and I gave you a million pounds, oh, yes. if I gave you a billion pounds, if, yeah. I, if, I, if I said that the whole world would be executed mm-hmm. without, and he'll never ever play, play along. No. He just, it's like this big soppy blanket that just <laughs> everybody's fun. <laughs> the last smouldering remains of fun. He if I gave you ten pounds, would you let me have sex with your mum? Ten pounds? Yeah. I'd need more like 20, I think. <laughs> would you? How much? I want to know the truth. How much money would well, you Well, it's not accept? really my... I don't know how to make best about this question. Well, I'm not her pimp, like, You my... are the person who decides with whom your mum's allowed to have sex. <laughs> yes. You suggest I'm my mother's pimp, which is... <laughs> That's true. That's what I believe. <laughs> which is an odd... <laughs> an odd configuration, I'd have to What say. if your mum and dad broke up, uh-huh. and then your mum and I got on really well, and we started getting together? How would you feel? I would feel very discomfited. <laughs> would you? And I'd you wouldn't want to call me Daddy. <laughs> this is entering Freudian territory. <laughs> can't in all consciousness um, explore without throwing up. Oh, God, that's so offensive. <laughs> Your mum's a beautiful woman. But you're not a beautiful daddy. That's true. No, I... Also, I'm a Gentile. Your mum would never have me. No, she'd make you convert. She would. <laughs> Oh my goodness. What a peculiar hypothetical. <laughs> I'd be very happy for you to get together with my mum. Well, yeah, but you, you, still, you have a dad. I mean, you'd have to hypothetically have him go as well. But uh, you have a dad. That's, oh, yes, you got rid of him. <laughs> You've forgotten about your dad. From no, no, but I'm saying, yeah, I've forgotten that you'd hypothetically yes, gotten rid of him. I have. No, I've not. I've actually gotten rid of him. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we are. Because, um, like I say... Your mum's a very beautiful how woman. Much, how much money would it take for you to kill Dexter? Oh, my gosh. Really? Now we're talking the real... Oh. If I... Okay, let's... Oh, well, so we'll make it easy. I'll start with... If I offered you £10, would you have... De- would you put down Dexter? No. I'm just... Just with a... With a humane no, objection. That's not not £10, certainly not. 
hundred pounds. No. Five hundred pounds. Well, bear in mind, Dexter costs uh, around a thousand pounds a year. Let's carry on. Five hundred pounds. <laughs> no. A thousand pounds. No, it's still not profit. It's, still... it's a humane injection. I, I understand that you're not going to batter two, him to death with a brick. Two thousand pounds. No. I'm not. I honestly don't think I could. Ten thousand pounds. <laughs> I'm not talking about this sort of ten thousand pounds. I've got a suitcase here. Uh-huh, yes. Actually, open the suitcase. Yeah. Oh my goodness! There actually was a cashback in the film. Mm. Ten thousand. <laughs> I can smell that. Man. Ten thousand. Ten. Think of what pounds. it actually means to the you. Difference. That's a deposit. A good deposit. The for difference your ten thousand pounds would make to me right now. I'm currently I'm debt free, mm. um, but I have almost no money. So. Mm. Um, and Dex is going to die one day anyway. He is going to die one day, anyway, and he so won't know that you're going to put him to exactly. Sleep. So ten thousand pounds would actually get a, say, much, a nice kitten in his arm. It would make me indeed. He cost, only costs fifty pounds, so it's mm. an amazing markup. Yes, um, and that money would obviously be life changing for me in so much yes. as it would just give me that base. You say a basis for a mortgage or yeah. just an ability to be comfortable and not worry yes, exactly. for a, for a decent amount of time. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, it would be a large amount of money, but I have the more irrational form of love for Dexter, which would mean I don't think I'd be able to do it. £20,000. See, I don't, you know, it's, that, that, it's not enough. £50,000. Oh, £50,000. Now, you see, £50,000 would be dramatically life-changing. <laughs> it would. Um, and... But would it be worth having it in the knowledge that I killed something I love... And the, oh, it didn't. Does, I don't mind that animals die. I'm quite happy to have animals killed all the time, just so I can eat. Mm. Um, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. So I don't have an ethical issue with an animal dying. So it's just the only thing that keeps him alive is that I love him. Mm-hmm. But it's an animal. It's not a person. Fifty thousand pounds. So it's really hard. I. I, because it's hypothetical I find it quite hard to deal with because I want to say no and I want to say no you can give off me any amount of money and I'm not going to kill my cat think about £50,000 I know I think it's a lot of money but you could say I'm, I'm thinking in my head now a million say you said a million pounds ok a million pounds which you know obviously and at this point now to turn down a million pounds would be irresponsible because you could you think about mm-hmm. what think about what you could do with that money to help a person but, you could probably stop a person from dying oh, by easily. helping them giving you know Donating to the right charity, of course. So, yeah, absolutely. at that point, you're now being dangerously selfish. Absolutely, it would be unquestionably be selfish. I'm boring myself. Um, it unquestionably be selfish, but at the same time, could I live with the fact that I'd done this and I'd killed this perfectly healthy pet of mine, for whom I have great affection? People kill their healthy pets for a lot worse <laughs> reasons. Like they go, I know they go on holiday for a long time. I was. I, when I worked at the vets, this gr- grotesque old bitch came in with her uh, cat. With her owner. <laughs> no, sadly not. Um, demanding that her cat be put down because she was moving house. And, oh, he won't want to come, he won't survive, he won't like the transition. And so her daughter was there saying, I'm sorry, I've tried everything I can. I remember watching this perfectly healthy cat get You know what you should have said? You know what you should have said? Carry the dead body. You know what you should have said? She said, it's okay, I'll put her down. Do you want to keep the cat uh, while you <laughs> Oh, I don't. I can't. I, now I cannot remember why the vet agreed to do it. There was, must have been a reason. But the vet shouldn't have agreed to do it. No, of course not. I'm, oh, I'm confused well, by maybe how that so happened. If you don't, we'll just have to drown it. I don't know. The vet, I remember the vet cried afterward, so it really upset her to do it. Um, the daughter sounds awful as well because the, how old was the daughter? Forties. So she had her own house. Yeah, she, presumably she, she could have taken the cat. Yeah, I don't. I really don't understand how this happened evil woman yeah the whole thing was just grotesque 
I hope you told her. You said, you know, you are very evil. And Maybe like, someone had offered her a million pounds. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, but <laughs> Then they're not evil at all, are they? are just being responsible. It, it does show you from the other side. She <laughs> said, look, what if she had said, look, I've been offered a million pounds to mm-hmm. kill this cat, and I'm giving £500,000 worth of it to um, yeah. help the AIDS children. <laughs> That's my favourite charity. Yes. <laughs> help the AIDS children. <laughs> And the other £250,000 to the Royal Society for the provision of cream teas to paedophiles. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you would say, you're only keeping £250,000 for yourself. That's very selfless. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I, don't, I just don't think I could kill Dexter. Even for a million pounds. What about, you've got two cats. What, would, you, would you kill either of them for a million? Well, we're, we're, They're pretty old, though. They're both of them, you know, on the way out anyway. Finch is not old. Finch is about, only about... How old is Finch? She's four. Oh, really? I thought Finch was older than that. Finch is the little black and white mm-hmm. one. Minnie is... Minnie's 860. Yes, 1560. We already know how what, what it would take. If Basically, if Minnie's treatment costs more than 500 quid, she's definitely... <laughs> she's done for. But she what about Finch, though? I mean, where would you be with this hypothetical? Well, it's not even really hypothetical. So what you can say is insurance. You know, if insurance refused to pay for treatment, that costs more than X. We mm-hmm. just say, sorry, put it down. Okay. Well, no, it's, actually, it's the same for you. For me, as a person? No, the same for you and your cat. I mean, let's turn it around slightly and say, what if the vet said, look, I'm sorry, this particular condition isn't covered by his pet insurance. He doesn't even have pet insurance at the moment. Well, fine. Yeah. You're, you idiot, he doesn't have pet insurance. Yeah. This operation is going to cost you £2,500. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he'll be perfectly healthy, but if you yes. don't do it, he'll die very painfully. Or we can put him down for, for £20. I think I'd probably pay. <laughs> I'm quite keen on the cat. I'm really sorry, but um, we have to have some really complicated. Yes, let's have a, a nano surgery, bone marrow transplant, everything. He'll uh-huh. be fine afterwards, but yes. it's going to cost. You won't get much change after all the treatment we give uh-huh. him. There won't be much change from ten thousand pounds. I don't have ten thousand pounds, so I wouldn't have any choice at that point. So you you might be able to take a loan. Will you take a, <laughs> a very expensive loan to do it? Oh gosh! Will you? <laughs> no, I don't want to think. Fortunately, Dex is immortal, and none of these situations will ever occur. Will you take out an expensive loan? No, I wouldn't. Okay, so what you're really saying is ten thousand pounds. <laughs> I'm taking ten thousand pounds. Yes. Out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Right, now let's do the same bit with Judith. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, that's not. That makes it more difficult. Well, of course it makes it more, more difficult. It makes it impossible. There's no amount of money I could offer you to kill your daughter, is there? No, it would be very difficult. <laughs> you liar. I would... I mean, there are obviously... There must be circumstances where I would. Uh, I mean, again, you have the, the, the utilitarian problem of I'll kill... If I kill one other person rather than her, would, yes. would you... And then, of yeah. course, you get, well, what if I kill two other people? What about 10, 20, 50, the whole world? You know, you get mm-hmm. to ridiculous situations at that point where you still can't honestly answer, but you know the utilitarian truth. Have you ever discussed the railway hypothesis? The, the train is coming down the track. Um, Radiolab do an excellent episode about yeah. this. The train is coming down the track, and uh, there, is, there are four guys working on the track, and they, are, they will get killed by the train. Mm. Um, unless you pull a lever which will divert the train onto a separate track where there's one person working and he will get killed do you pull the lever so I'm interested to know what you would do so do you think the fact that four people get killed is more tragic than the fact that one person gets killed it would instinctively yes I do instinctively I would say that's four times but also utilitarian there are four times as many widows four times as many funerals yes exactly yes you would 
Yes, I, I would assume so. Most people would. So would you pull the lever? Yes, it's very simple utilitarianism, isn't it? Okay, but it is, but yeah. at the same time... I know what the corollary is that you're about to Yes, no, but, but I know you tell do. Out, tell no, the no, no, but even, tell the girls and boys. No, but even before we get to that, I think it's still interesting in that when you do nothing, are you participatory? And when you pull the lever, are yes. you now involved in that man's death? No, when you do nothing, you're participating. Because you're participating in the action of, of the not pull. Uh-huh. I agree, yes. to an extent, but You're also participating in... There is there is one action you can take which is called the not pull, mm-hmm. and there's one action you can take which is called the pull. Okay, so the, so the second part to this, and this is a, a very well established uh, test that's being yes. done all over the world all the time. Um, now you're on a bridge over the railway. Yeah. Once again, there are four workers on the track, and there's a big fat man leaning over the bridge looking. Yeah. Um, if you do nothing, the four men will be killed. If you sh- put, if you shove, give that man a shove, he will topple over the bridge, land on the track. The train will hit him, and he'll die, and the four men will be saved. Do you shove the man off the bridge? The reason that that's less easy than you think is because of the uncertainty. I can't really picture well, the, guarantee. the fat man. No, no but the guarantee can't be a f- hindsight. And that's the, that is a genuine... It's not even a trying mm, to get out. I think it's there, coming out. No, there is a problem with that because effectively you're having something very convoluted there in order to say, well, I hope that my action will save the four, but I don't think it will. But you, in the same way that you know... There are better some, ways of... In the same way that you know there are, there's cause and effect, in this scenario, you know that pushing him off will have the effect that the train will be stopped. It doesn't matter whether that would actually happen in real life. You know this is the case. Do you get do involved? You know do you that? shove? <sighs> yes. For, the, for this test, you do. Well, would you shove yourself? Would you throw what yourself if, in front of the train? If, Let's be honest, you are... I'm <laughs> quite portly. Somebody could stop a train. I'm not that fat, Nick. No. Well, nobody is. That's no, nobody is. <laughs> um, but you wouldn't because you value yourself more than other people. Which yes. Which is fair enough. You're that built in. Unless you're in very specific circumstances, usually to do with... Where you're feeling very selfless or you have... Yeah, sure. ...family, but I don't think you would just say poor workers. I mean, they're only workers. <laughs> um, but... Yes, I mean, the, it's obvious, but no, the, what that illustrates to me is what I've said, is that there's no such thing as selflessness, and there's no such thing as a real good deed that's selfless. You're so quiet, we're barely picking you up. It's all right, level eight. I'm I'll move the microphone towards you. Sir. Because, in the end, it's all to do with what makes you feel more content with your decision. And you, oh, okay, I know. This, this so that's, all, that's, that's why you won't do it. Because it, you you can't feel happy with that decision because your action, you're pushing the guy, has led more directly and more obviously in a more distinct causal manner to but his death. But the interesting question is: is is pushing him murder? And if yes, uh, yeah, and presumably we will agree yes. So why isn't pulling the lever look murder? And that's the thing, the interesting question about this. It's certainly not murder if you don't get involved because you didn't cause the mm. train to be out of control of the four guys on the track. But when you pull the lever, is that not murder? And you know, of course, that the person is going to be killed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's that's not, why that's why I think it's an interesting yeah, discussion. But it's and you're not doing anything more than it's just a trajectory that's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you said, "Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop a huge weight on the head of that person," which is how I'm going to stop the train. <laughs> yes. By pulling that lever, a big weight drops on the head of that person. Mm-hmm. In fact, let's assume that. Okay. A big weight drops on the head of that person, mm-hmm. which blocks the track. Right, okay. Does that make it any easier? <laughs> it doesn't make it easier, no. 
Are any more difficult because there's a weight involved that smashes him before? Okay, but you're you're trying to make the question more comfortable in by doing that. The whole point is this: no, but it's the experience of diverting a train that has a consequence. Well, I suppose it's because you can you you no, there isn't actually that much of a difference. There is because it feels more like murder if you allow a weight to fall out the sky on top of someone's head. You feel more directly like you're causing a death. Yeah, but yeah, but that's only because the train is already in motion on mm-hmm. its own. That's so what I'm saying. Pretend, so you make, the, you make the question You can pretend that you're, you're, you're... No, because... Yes, because what's happened is you're not... You're, you are diverting some causal... Mm-hmm. Narrative, want of a better sure. word, that has already begun. Yes. There is, there is a psychic difference between yeah, beginning absolutely. narrative and diverting a narrative that has already begun. But, and one can't deny that. Now, whether there is actually any ethical difference in value we could argue till the cows have come home and now they have come home so i would say yes <laughs> yes there is a difference but it's pinning that down is what's is what's so interesting no that's the difference because we value very specifically um first causes mm, definitely so we do but then all moral judgments at the end of the day and at the end of the cliche are, are arbitrary so it shouldn't surprise us See, I don't know if I can be bothered to get into that today. It is true, then. But then, how can they be arbitrary if they're consistent? Why can't you have something that's arbitrary? Listen, so the fact that the speed limit is 70 miles per hour is arbitrary, but it, you'll find that it's pretty consistent on dual carriageways. No, the speed, of, the speed limit isn't arbitrary. It's been decided based on what they believe is the safest. Of course, speed limits are horribly out of date for cars that were designed in the 1960s. What about the speed but... of light? <laughs> well, that's not really relevant, is it? <laughs> the speed of light. The speed of light. The speed of light's pretty arbitrary. And why is it not just an inch per second faster or slower? Sure, that's got that's got nothing to do with the fact that morality is consistent. Why is CC? <laughs> What's this it's got to do? None of these things pre-exist. No, you said that, is our own... You said that something arbitrary cannot be consistent I didn't say something I'm saying something that we choose to do if we're choosing it arbitrarily then why is it consistent is what I'm asking why can we we don't choose the speed of light or for C to be C but we choose our morality why can we not choose things and apply them consistently why not because it would be unlikely that everyone everywhere all the time you beg the question it would be unlikely you do beg the question it would be unlikely I, well, I can't prove otherwise. Well, it's so. clearly likely because we do it all the time. What do you think customs and mores are? Mm-hmm. But for the arbitrary collection of decisions that we apply relatively consistently across time until until we don't anymore, until we decide actually, you know, we're not going to allow slavery anymore, and then we stop. Or we're mm-hmm. not going to sacrifice children anymore because the gods don't want that. That's arbitrary and consistent, or would you say it's not arbitrary? Well, it depends how you define arbitrary. If you're talking in ev- evolutionary, evolutionary terms and about cultural evolution, you might say it's not arbitrary. Those are very necessary means for a particular time, and then they become extinct or whatever. So, you know, maybe it's not arbitrary in the sense that it helps a society to evolve for very specific reasons, and then once it outlives its evolutionary usefulness, it will die out if it causes more trouble than good. So, 
you know, it's no more uh, no more arbitrary than my thumb. <laughs> Your thumb is an arbitrary mess. When you're arguing that ethics have been intelligently designed, I'm arguing that they've evolved. Mm-hmm. How convinced are you by contemporary evolutionary theory? God, here comes the Christian propaganda. <laughs> it's really not, because I want to know how convinced you are. I'm interested in what you think. I'm pretty convinced, to, to state my position. It seems to offer a clear and consistent hypothesis which hasn't been bettered. Mm-hmm. I would argue exactly the same. When somebody, Sorry to be when, a disappointing Christian. When somebody offers me... When somebody offers me a better hypothesis mm-hmm. that requires fewer assumptions, not yes. more, mm-hmm. fewer assumptions, because that's what Occam does, then I'll be prepared to accept it. Until then... I see it happen all the time. You know. Oh, you know, there's no... I mean, there's, there's the difference between inter and intra, though, isn't it? So... Because the big well, gap is... is you don't the... need... To, I, think, I think this whole obsession with species is a bit silly. Yeah? I mean, if you look, there are big arguments within biological community about whether X and Y are two separate species or not, and how far do they have to have devolved before they become mm-hmm. separate species. I think we get a little... Ha- it's, a, it's, our pro- it's, it's our problem with labelling things. If you see something more as a continuum, then I think you have less of a problem with it. So you sort of say at some stage they stop generally being able to breed with one another, but right. that's not particularly exciting. But it's the big... You know, to go into the cliche, but it's those big gaps, isn't it? It's Which the, big gaps? It's the gap between lizard and bird. Or it's not that big a gap. Usually, if there is a gap, it's because the sedimentary record wouldn't be there to show it. Apparently, see, I've heard this argument before, but I've heard a few people not creationists, but all creationists, huh? All creationists, all creationists. Not, not creationists. What you meant to say is all creationists. So I'm just, I was just, you, you by mistake, you pretended that it were people who were not creationists saying this nonsense. I was just, no, I was no, just no, searching and replacing no, your. No, error. that's a sedimentary layer thing. I've not, apparently, has is wavering proof to, behind that. That's the issue. I'm sure there does. Like, exactly. So that's, but it's, again, it's the argument I've heard. But it's not that exciting. Though. I'm clearly, I'm not going to be arguing for intelligent design. I mean, the gaps. And I'm not arguing, but I just suddenly realize people are thinking, oh, he's got. No, I mean, I entirely. I mean, the gaps, I'm they'll, entirely, they'll, they'll either be a fair, fairly dull but convincing reason mm-hmm. for any gaps that are there, or we can say that the aliens did it, or we can say Jesus did it. But, you know, I will await the fairly dull explanation first. I'm currently convinced by evolution that it seems to be the most evidence toward it, etc., etc., etc. Um, I don't think we're going to find out, oh, actually, no, it's all wrong, because it's ridiculous, it's clearly not wrong. Well, if it isn't evolution, then I'm going to have words with whoever did it in a way designed so much to make it seem like it was evolution. But I, the reason I asked is I wondered whether I would discover one of your strange little foibles, one of your little pockets of, of, of controversy or something. No, I mean, I'm, I'm prepared to look sceptically, properly sceptically at most things. I've looked properly sceptically at at evolution, but the main problem with evolution in arguing against it is not that it's so very complicated, but actually it's very simple. Very, very simple. Very obvious. And I would want to know why it wouldn't happen. Right. You know, if something is better suited to its environment, why wouldn't it then breathe more frequently and thrive? I'd want to know why that wouldn't happen. I'd, you'd need a damn good explanation about why, when you, once you set that in play, that's what wouldn't happen. 
Absolutely, that makes, makes you know, perfect sense. You know, that, that, that's that's the way around. I would I would put it. Um, I'm more skeptical. But what about you're the, forgetting, I, I, I'm more skeptical about other shibboleths, but we won't go into them. I think what you're forgetting. It's quite clear the Holocaust didn't happen. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> is you're forgetting what it says in Genesis, though. You're forgetting to factor that into your theory. Well, let's begin from the beginning, shall we? Yes. I mean, need I go on? <laughs> so why do you remember? Why have you remembered that was something that was forced into you at some point? No, I I just decided to learn it. <laughs> Because it, you know, because it makes because it makes it makes a good party trick when you have some fundamentalist preaching at you, right? And then you say, "Whatever you can do, I can do better." And you start <laughs> narrating the Bible in the original. Don't you think that makes it? Yeah, it makes a good party yeah. piece. Yeah. Also, you say, "What's the first word?" Is it? They say, "Well, it's in the beginning." So, no, it isn't. Yeah. It is not. It's not by. If it were in the beginning, it would be It's very It means just in beginning. Sorry, you failed from the very first word. It's <laughs> good. Well, second, second word. No. Got in right? No, Bereshit is one word in Hebrew. Oh, okay. You affix the. Pre- yeah, but you're wrong in you English affix, on the second word. You affix the prepositions to the word. It's good. The only Hebrew word I know is yom. No, it isn't. You know quite well, a few know, Hebrew words. Yeah, quite a few others, but like Hallelujah, mm-hmm. Yahweh, Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, what other Hebrew words will you know? You probably know the word Shalom. I've heard the word Shalom a few times. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a yeah, wonderful word. Yahweh Shalom. isn't a Hebrew word. Is it not? It's, yeah. it's a, what it's, is it that explain it? It's the tetragram. It's not pronounced. Yes. It's just four letters. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. Or Depending on how you pronounce it. Which originally was described, it was, it were, it was the orig- original four, four vowels. Right. And what was interesting about it is originally in the, what differed, differed, Ancient Phoenician and Assyrian script from the later, from the later Assyrian and, and Hebrew script was that Hebrew introduced vowels. Now, what was interesting about that was reading used to be a very technical thing that you had to get very learned people to do because without okay. the vowels, it was actually very difficult to interpret. And then the Hebrew innovation was to invent vowels mm-hmm. and to sprinkle them in to make even normal lay people be able to read. And oh. the vowels that were introduced were the vowels were the were the letters of God's name. So it's interesting. It's like oh, the, okay. the Hebrew that was their special weapon were these 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 four um, pillars, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's unpronounceable because it's not a name. It's more of a kind of a symbol of right, power okay. in the in the in the language, which is which is an interesting theory. Yeah. It's not the vowel, It's not the same as the vowels of the little dots and lines you see under modern Hebrew or Hebrew since the fifteenth century. When I say modern Hebrew, those were added later. So when you read modern Hebrew these days, it's still like reading text speak. Like reading what? Sorry, text speak. Oh, okay. It's like reading text speak. <laughs> insert the vowels for yourself. So there you are. That's a good lesson in Hebrew. So. Would you pull the lever? Oh, I don't know. Probably. You would pull the lever. I think I probably would. Would you push the grotesquely fat man? It's probably going to die of a heart attack anyway. So. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I fit very much into the one out, the nine out of ten, and the one out of ten. Okay, so you wouldn't. Okay. Two, yeah. What if the fat man was suffering from terminal cancer? <laughs> what if he? And were you knew in... he, was, he was going to die in the next three months. Would you? What push if it? he were a child murderer? That would never make a difference to me. 
It's interesting. To my deliberations. Exactly. It's interesting. It's like, do you suddenly you can no, convince no, people I'm not, to become... I'm not, I'm not that scratcherish. Judge and jury. No. Would, no, but if, if you knew he, he, he was going to be dead in the next... He had pancreatic cancer. Okay. Would you push him? I don't know. Probably not. What if... He were on the side that he was on his deathbed. Yeah. He's on his deathbed and he's and his bed is he's, and he's got, on the edge yeah, of the bridge. And he's, and he's got <laughs> and he and he's got a death rattle. Uh-huh. Would you push? If I could push the bed rather than him, probably. Even if he's on the bed. Yeah. I'd just give the bed a little nudge. Give the bed a shove. <laughs> Shows the hypocrisy of everything. It does, doesn't it? You wouldn't take him out the bed. You wouldn't shove him out the bed, but you push the bed. So you'd let me marry your mum for a million pounds? For a million pounds, do what you want. <laughs> you can marry Judith for a million pounds. <laughs> but I know you wouldn't marry Judith for money. You're not Muhammad after all. <gasps> oh, Dinka, so controversial. She's far too young for you. She's not six. Shocking. Mm. Absolutely disgraceful. Yes, I'm evil. Um, I see you've still got a Wii. Yes, I do still have a Wii. And you've got a Nintendo Wii Games console. <laughs> I'm the woo <laughs> Do Do you still use it? Uh, I can't remember the last time I switched it on. Do you the think last that's time it would have been to review something. Do you think that's a general problem? Oh, yeah, I'm certain. For, for most people, if they stop using it. Yeah, them. absolutely. There's no games coming out for it. Why so, not? Because it was just a big screw-up. Why so? What happened? I think it, was, it, it, it had such early hope and people thought this is amazing this is going to change I think because the Wii controller is was a bit of a con because really? it doesn't actually have a gyroscope you were very excited initially it was great fun but it doesn't it has a very limited scope it's, it doesn't have a gyroscope in it so it's not genuinely detecting motion well, when you say it's a con what do you mean well it doesn't have a gyroscope in it so it's, what it's, as long as the effect is the same but it, the effect is very limited it can kind of it detects very minimal amounts they've added they've now put out a thing you can attach to the bottom of it that is a gyroscope so you can do these things properly but again you can't develop a game for a bit of peripheral that only a very small percentage of owners mm. will have so it just meant that the, you couldn't design the games in the detail that made it interesting I think um, and so beyond the thing for party games which is what it does very well it just doesn't seem to have much scope and people just didn't seem interested in developing for it like when they put out the DS it was a totally obscure thing. It had two screens. One of was touch sensitive. It was just ludicrous. Insane. It was insane, and it caused a lot of developers to have be really imaginative. And so the hope when the Wii came out was everyone would do the same. But this time people weren't. No. So the Wii U will be interesting. Remember how excited people were initially, and there were people. Oh were, yeah, of course. They were selling out, and people mm-hmm. could buy. And it was the most successful games console, and they were all very excited. But you always bring up games, and I never bring them up, and then you have a go at me for always talking about games. Well, somebody unfair. somebody complained in particular, didn't they? Yes. Well, we never read out that letter weeks ago now from that guy who wrote in and wanted his letter read out. Should we read it out now? Yes, I'll read it out. I, have I, you got it there? I think I, I think I do have it here. Um, one second, let me find it. I'll race you. He did ask that we, we read it. Mm-hmm. And let me find it. Um, we'll race each other and find it. Because he asked that we read it out, and I think it's only polite that we do, don't you? Yes, we probably should have read it out two episodes ago, but... Yes, we should have. He'll be excited when he eventually hears it, though, won't he? Well, he hasn't responded subsequently. Oh, for some reason my rum doing emails have no longer been labelled with rum doing, so I can't find it. Why has that happened? I haven't had anything labelled rum doing since 2010. I think it's peculiar. Oh, well, that's annoying. Ah, I have it. You've got it, Okay. Shall we give the person's name? 
Um, just his first name. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Greetings, Lord Mailer. That's you. And John. Yeah, that's me. I guess. <laughs> I, I love li- our listeners. I would like to start by saying that any grammatical errors found in this email are due to my sheer amazement of the fact that one day John or Nick could be reading this. One day. Maybe. One day. Possibly. Uh-huh. And as such, I'm extremely anxious and nervous. Mm-hmm. He like, I like that he makes a mistake in that bit there. Don't be rude. <laughs> However, a more likely reason is that I'm only 17. <laughs> I know... Barely learned to read and write at 17, have you? I know I shouldn't be using excuses, but I feel I need to explain myself when writing to such classy gentlemen. <laughs> That's true, classy gentlemen is what If we only are. you'd see you now. I know you're running out of voice, Nick, but you have to speak up a little bit. If you feel that I am not worthy of your time... That's true, I do feel that. ...as I am but a child... He is a nasty little Please, child. I urge you to stop reading this at once. 17-year-old shouldn't be listening to this filth anyway. I think of 17 as quite old. Yes, me too. I will. I, do, I, do, I run a group with 17-year-olds, and they are very mature and sensible adults. So yes. Yeah, I think he's probably older than us in many respects. No, he's not older than us. That's ridiculous. I think he is in we're, many respects. We're literally twice his age. No, but I think he's older than us in many respects. I'm not talking about your decaying atoms. You're over twice that if, age, Nick. I'm not. If, I'm under not, twice his if age. If you are still reading, thank you, John, for persuading Nick to let you continue. <laughs> that's why I, I love the way they think you're the goody. I'm the goody, you're the baddie, but they all hate me for some reason. Yes, that's funny, that's though. peculiar, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the devil has the best lines, I guess. <laughs> I just want to say... That how thankful I am to both of you for creating such a wonderful podcast. You know, I agree with him. I agree with him, too. At this point in time, I've listened to all the run episodes This is the bit that scares me a little bit now. Four times. Four times to every episode. Fair enough. Some of which I've listened to probably about 20 times. Ah! <laughs> He's going to kill us in our sleep. Haven't you listened to some of our episodes 20 times? I haven't. 20 times. Anyway, carry on. I'd love... I love the reason why he has, though, so it actually makes me feel better again. Oh, don't kick the microphone! <laughs> Sorry, I, was, I got excited. <laughs> didn't you? Well, in a sense, once you've done it over four, five, six... That's time, right, once you, no, but, no, but once you get to 20 times, actually by that stage it gets interesting again because <laughs> right. it becomes almost like a mantra. It becomes... <laughs> you, it's suddenly, liturgical. Yeah, exactly. It is liturgical. Well, literally. Yes. It is. Um, so, uh, like, I listen to old episodes of a podcast or a radio programme that I've enjoyed. Like, recently I went through the Adam and Joe back catalogue mm. 2007, 2008 episodes, but only because it's been three or four years, so I've forgotten them. So anyway, yeah, well, I will again, do that, yes. Yes. I mean, I must have listened to episodes of... Like, when I was a younger, I would listen to the radio for Knowing Me, Knowing You, which I'd recorded on uh, tape. Okay. When I was going to bed, I would listen to that. I must have listened to that to probably ten times okay. overall. I've gone back to like things like the 99p challenge, whatever that show Yeah, well, exactly. A good five times through. So you see? Because once I've forgotten the answers. No, it's okay. But 20, well, it hasn't had long enough and 20 times. quite odd. Anyway, carry on. Rum doings is probably the most comforting thing in my life right See, now. See, there, I love that. That makes me really happy. Well, that was the point of it, wasn't it? Exactly. Explain. Well, I think we've definitely talked about this before, but uh, Nick and I, we were both teenagers, before we knew each other, we were both listening to the same... Uh, what, which radio station was it? LBC. LBC, uh, which is the London radio station that reached Guildford. Um, and there were, it was the kind of ev- uh, late, early, no, late evening slot. Robbie Vincent 
and on the weekdays and Mike Allen on the weekends. Yes. And it was a very you rubbed your eye so you've got a bright yeah. red cheek now. You can yeah. stop rubbing that. Um and they would just present this very homely, very cuddly, very safe radio show. And we've talked about Dr. Michael Van Van Yogg. But also, but also and one all would, that. And what the was, shows they would have. What was comforting about it was one felt it would always be there. It's always there. And do you know what? I remember having an incredible a crisis, kind of existentialist crisis, one Christmas. Because mm-hmm. I, I used to listen to this. I wasn't allowed to listen to my radio in my room at night. Because I would only be about Your parents 15. are rubbish. I guess I would have been 14, 15. Your parents are rubbish. Um... And yeah, so what yeah, I would do is I would listen on... I don't, so I don't think they would even cared, really, but I... I'm not having sex with your mother. <laughs> damn it. I would listen on my Walkman mm-hmm. um, with ever-degrading batteries. Like, I would raid everything in my room that had batteries in it to find what, another battery I could put in my Walkman. You were too much of an idiot to find a power adapter Or just buy... You know, didn't have one. Or just buy batteries would have mm-hmm. made sense, too. I don't think I spent, didn't get enough money to it at that point. No. And I would listen to it, and because it would get quieter and quieter as the battery would run out, so I would yes. be, like, desperately straining to hear it falling asleep listening to this every night so it was really it became really important and then just not knowing why I went to listen and they weren't there it was other people someone called Clive Bull or something I guess of course Clive and, Bull were after one and, and just people I didn't know and didn't want and they were on in the evenings instead and it, everything felt wrong and terrible and dangerous <laughs> Which was very strange. And then I didn't know when they were coming back and they never explained who they were it or why they me. were doing it and it was awful. It upset me when they changed the jingles. Did it? I think there's nobody as conservative as a, t- as a teenager. Yes, that's true. Actually. You get very angry when things change when they shouldn't. You're changing <laughs> and the rest of the world <laughs> must stay constant. Stay still, I'm too scared. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah, so we, and we both drew enormous comfort from mm. that and we've always hoped that we could do something similar. Anyways. Yes. I will often listen to an episode over and over because of the atmosphere it creates. You guys are just so funny, intelligent, and witty. That's true. That's all true. Yeah, after all, I mean, you know, um, I'm a woon. <laughs> no, we, we're definitely both intelligent, we're definitely both witty, and I reckon we're funny. I th- I, Sometimes. I find us funny, people seem to find us funny. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes we're not, but I think we're definitely intelligent and witty, I think we can claim those ones. Okay. I am constantly picturing both of you... Naked. No. Sitting... Thank heavens. Naked. In, in sitting in a dimly lit Bath room. together. No. <laughs> There's no slash fiction in there. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that Rock Paper Shotgun had slash fiction? Yes. In a dimly lit room. I've never read it. Never will. Smoke- so it's, a, it's pictures of the two of us sat in a dimly lit room. Smoking cigars. Ugh. Surrounded by dark mahogany bookshelves. Well, oh, when, we, when we record in the London studio, yes. especially in the upper studio, it is... Darkly lit, and there are we are surrounded by bookshelves. So, so you're also surrounded by bookshelves here. They just have DVDs on them, mm. and they're IKEA ones. He goes on. I'm just waffling at this point, and I don't really know how to express my love for wrongdoings. No matter what no one I, does. No, well, no matter what I write, it won't be better put than the guy that emailed in about a month ago to say. All See, now I'm confused by this. No matter what anyone say, it won't be better put than the person who wrote in to say how awful I am. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> How Nick's great and John ruins it. That's what he's... Can't you be going can't on about games. And this isn't a radio programme. Well, actually, no, it is. It's yeah. broadcast in America. <laughs> on, on FM. So it is radio. Yeah. Yeah. I, however, won't suggest ways you can better yourselves. There was one. That's nice. Or the podcast, because you're both perfect. You're both perfect. I know. You're, why are you well? But Plus, he's the, because he's dazzled by how excited he is to be writing to us. I did. I did correct that. You did. Now on to the real reason. I noticed you didn't reply to that. I think you upset him. Yeah. Now on to the real reason I'm emailing you. Oh, it's a, it's a conspiracy. 
As I am probably the most dedicated fan of yours... You're very quiet again. You're the most dedicated fan of yours. I will now demand something of you both. <gasps> Please read this email out on an episode of Rum Doings. It would make my year, and it would slightly amuse me. Slightly? <laughs> it's interesting how something can make one's year. Yeah, and it's year. slightly amusing. Yes. It's like the song Kung Fu Fighting. I like the fact that it's just a little bit frightening. It's yes. not that frightening. Not that bad. little. It's a little bit frightening. Thank you both again, and may all your teas be milky. Which is a lovely way to finish. It isn't, because he says, may all your teas be creamy. I know, of course, creamy. Yes. Um, the the thing that confuses me about that is his main reason for emailing is mm-hmm. to have the email that wasn't his main reason for emailing read out. Yes. I don't understand. It's a recursive play. <laughs> it is, isn't it? You'll never understand. So what do you reckon? Shall we read it out? No, definitely not. 17-year-olds disgust us. Yes, I know this has an age limit, doesn't it? All their potential and their happiness and their youth. And the years ahead. It's true. They'll have just done their ASs. Any 17-year-olds Oh, they don't do A-levels anymore, do they? They do AS and A2. What, every 17-year-old all over the world? They'll all be That's right, all over the world doing their ASs. The British Empire. I've been the British, I'm British 17-year-olds. The real, proper ones. Ryan didn't say he was British. That's true, he didn't, did he? No. I think he is, though. Why? I don't know, I just get that feeling. And say, howdy guys, <laughs> howdy partners. I listen to your rum doings all the time. I think you're fine and dandy, doody doo. He didn't say yee-haw at any point in the email, so he can't be American. No, well, it was quite interesting when we were we took the train down. We're well over fifty minutes, by the we way. We took the train my... down from New York to Miami once, and when we crossed the Mason Dixie line, mm-hmm. the the black train attendant. Yes. Gave out a big Dixie crying, yee-haw! And I thought, you know, the, surely that, that, those were the people who wanted to put you into slavery, not take you out. So <laughs> I found it a bit confusing, but there it you go. It is a bit confusing. Shows you how far we've got. That's correct. Mm. On that beautiful note. I'm a Please, somebody, find us a better ending. Like, like, and thank you for emailing, Ryan. We did enjoy the feedback since nobody else writes to that's us. That's right. So. I did genuinely enjoy it. And mm. I think 20 times is a little unnerving, but um, I'm really delighted that it is provided. If it comfort. gets to 50 times, then we'll be comforted again. There are nearly 80 episodes, though. So if you listen to it, and that's, they're about an average of 45 yeah, he might, minutes. He might only have one episode that particularly comforts him. That's true. All the others just really upset him. Yes. But that's enough of this now. Bye-bye. Love you all, bye. I love some of you.